Okay, my name's David Cleveland. Now this is a 1902 Gourmont projector, 35mm. It was in the 1902 catalogue, so we can date it exactly. Uh, this was a time when f film business was starting to build up. People were showing films to the public, making money in any hall or any place they could set, set a machine up. And so the manufacturers made machines for this, these new exhibitors who come along. And they, of course, the exhibitors, bought films from filmmakers. There was no hiring in those early days, um, about 1902. Now, this machine has a beta movement. That means the film, which has to be taken down 16 times each second and held stationary in the gate, the film is knocked down by a beta, which is just a bar, sometimes called a dog movement, which just knocks the film down and is held in the gate by the pressure of the gate. Now this was easy to manufacture, it was cheap, not very high-tech engineering, so the machine was affordable by the exhibitors. The disadvantage of the beta movement was that the picture was not that particularly steady because it had to be held in the gate by the pressure of the runners uh, for each frame. This system, although they had uh, other ways of holding the film very steady in the gate, were expensive, like the Maltese cross, which locked the film uh, into the gate each, each frame. That didn't really start being made until about 1910, when the engineering was better and I suppose exhibitors had more money. But of course then everything was changing, films were not bought out right, uh, films were then starting to be hired and cinemas were suddenly started being built, well picture palaces, they weren't called cinemas, after the 1909 Cinematograph Act and the whole thing took off. So first of all then let's look at this 1902 Gourmand made in Paris cinematograph machine. 1905 was a decade which uh, brought about a great amount of change for, for people in their lives. Fundamentally, we had, um, when the car was developing, uh, very few people had, people had cars, but, the, you know, and obviously, the, 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 because they were new, people had to walk in front, you couldn't go very fast and things like that. We know all about that. But there was aeroplanes taking off from only a few hundred yards. Um, electricity, of course, the main thing came along, which uh, changed our lives uh, absolutely fundamentally. Uh, lighting uh, from candles and gaslight, we went on to electric. Uh, there was a competition in 1900 to develop uh, a useful um, push bike. Uh, before that, the penny farthing, which was a bit of a gimmick and a, and a circus act. Uh, they brought out a rover. Somebody made this two-wheel bike with and, and it sold and everybody was riding around on bikes. So that sort of changed. Uh, the whole era, uh, radio came along, the telephone system was developing, telegraph. Uh, something completely changing everybody's lives from then on. Uh, gramophone, of course. And, and, the, and the gramophone, yes, the records, and of course the movies. Before that, there were slides, lantern slides, magic slows, shows which went, uh, which were going for, for decades and decades before uh, feature films were not heard of. I mean, they, they, they made films, sort of a feature film, with slides and uh, talked through them and changed the slides and you got a sort of movement like that, so they developed it with orchestras and so on. Um, now the movies came along, uh, it was just a complete uh, change and it must have been a fantastic time to live in. Um, uh, I think that's about it, I can't say that more. What, uh, what impact do you think it made on, on the audience? Because I mean, they, they, it must have been almost like a magic show. Well, it must have done. And I, I, I think uh, 
Well, it, it was extremely popular. A lot of people went to these places, and I suppose that, that was the, uh, the indicator of how popular it was. And I suppose people were talking about it. It must have been very excited. I'm going to try and put myself back in those days and thinking, well, it, uh, you, you'd hardly sleep at night thinking about all the things that, uh, that have changed. And uh, we can see them now, and what we use now, and we take for granted, uh, as I was saying to you earlier, uh, in, in, the, in the home, the, how... The domestic machines and things like the vacuum cleaner all got electric came along the washing machine um, the cookers electric kettles electric irons instead of heating up a chunk of cast iron on a, on a stove and doing your ironing I mean thermostatically controlled all this sort of thing we all take this for granted you think well that's, that's, that's it we expect that but I mean in those days they didn't they had to, they had to do all this by hand and uh, it was a, a really fundamental change because mm. it's accelerated on as we know and the changes that we see now are probably just as much but they don't affect our lives I don't think quite as much mm. because uh, you know um, it's more high-tech stuff uh, fundamental change because mm. it's accelerated on as we know and the changes that we see now are probably just as much but they don't affect our lives I don't think quite as much mm. because uh, you know, um, it's more high-tech stuff. This is a, a Gaumont Krona, a later design, round about 1912, and by now we've got the Maltese cross to pull the film down and hold it, lock it in fact, steady in the gate, so you've got much steadier pictures. The machine has been slightly altered in its design, so it's more robust, it's more advanced, uh, it's got a lens on the side to show magic lantern slides as well as part of the show. It has a three-bladed shutter, so we're doing away with flicker, and this will produce a really good picture on a screen even today. This model chrono, there are adverts for them from 1910 onwards with the cross in them, the Maltese cross, but they continued making this with a few modifications right through to the, as far as I know, to the 1920s. I've even seen an advert for one of these with a sound attachment of 1929. Of course, they were motor driven by then. This one is hand turned but can have a motor attached to it, and some places had motors, and, but motors were expensive. It was cheaper to employ a man to actually turn the handle. The variation in the turning of the speed of the projector could vary, and quite often, in fact, normally, the projectionist 
cranked the things too fast so the films got speeded up on the screen they were not shot to be speeded up unless they were a special effect like in a keystone cops or something like that but normally they should have been shown at 16 frames per second but uh, the projectionists often used to turn too fast and as time went on they got faster and the camera people had to keep up and so they started shooting at 20 frames per second and in the 1920s Silent films are anywhere between 20 and almost 24 frames per second, which of course is sound speed, um, just because the projectionists really turn too fast. It's easy to turn too fast. You can get another show in, you can get the bus home at the end of the show. <laughs> There's all sorts of reasons for it. So the, the idea that silent films are all speeded up is, is wrong. It's mainly due to television and also the film industry when they incorporated silent films into sound films. And of course, they ran at 24 frames a second. Television thinks everything silent should be speeded up. That is wrong. Interesting that we have this weird perception of, of, of that. Nigel, you were talking earlier about what the eye, the human eye, can, oh. can deal with. Um, could you That's tell right. us? Well, as David said, um, we have now got a front, uh, um, a front shutter on this one. Um, in front of the lens and it is a three-bladed. Now when they first started making these machines um, they realised very quickly that uh, without a shutter on there and the light going through every, every time the film moved down uh, the frame you saw uh, the thing on the screen so it put the, made a smear and so it put the thing out of focus. Um, so they put a shutter on but I thought well okay we'll put a shutter across so every time the film moves down we'll shut the light off and then you just see the, the, the still frame each time the next one going along so you get the movement but it introduced another problem then because then you had a flicker rate the light was flicking, flicking on and off at 16 frames per second which which is awful really you know um, flashing on the screen like that you could, it just gives you a headache so uh, then they realized that and decided then they'd have to make a, a, a shutter with three blades so it flashed three times a second uh, the two two blades didn't actually do anything they just flashed across the the still picture but it produced a, a frequency of, of uh, light flashing of 48 cycles per second now the human eye works uh, the, with the perception of vision. You can uh, it depends on uh, on each human being. They, they vary slightly between forty and say upwards uh, uh, cycles per second. So that forty eight, um, you can't see the the flicker. So that a three bladed shutter goes on them and and it's flickerless. And when they brought in sound films uh, at twenty four frames per second, they could bring that down to a two bladed shutter, which gave you forty eight as well, exactly the same. So the flicker rate of the old films and they they think people think about them being flickering on the screen and, and, and all this sort of thing. Mm. They didn't because the flicker rate was 48 cycles per second with a three bladed shutter, exactly the same as it is in the cinemas today with the, the sound films running with a two bladed shutter, 48 cycles per second. You right. don't see flicker on the in the cinemas. You wouldn't have seen it on these old machines. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's uh, something that I don't know why it came about. Television might have been it, and as David said earlier, um, these things, the sound was running at 24 frames per second to match the frequency of the scanning on the screen, which was 25 frames per second from the 50 cycles mains, uh, they had to speed up the film. Right. So you didn't get the strobing. So that, that introduced a, a slight increase in speed yeah. of the film. Um, they don't need. They can do it electronically now, but it was in the early days they were using uh, just projecting the film through a, a, a projector and then a, a camera. Um, 
filming it and looking into the lens. It was just as basic as that, but they digitalised them now. <coughs> but, yeah. it, I mean, we're looking at a machine from 1912. I mean, we're still yes. really in the very, very early days, aren't we? Yes. And, and uh, what was but happening they, in, in commercially at this stage? Were there movie theatres? They started, yes, they started to build because, uh, for example, we have a, a purpose-built uh, um, cinema, one of, the, one of the first, at, at Harwich, uh, Essex, and um, uh, that's called the Electric Palace, and that is, it's um, coming up for its 100th anniversary uh, at the end of this month, on the 29th, and that was a purpose-built cinema. So they started, the infrastructure was starting to happen, and they were building purposely-built um, uh, places to, to show the films, uh, in their entirety and uh, with nothing else. It wasn't an add-on. In the mm. early days, it was an add-on on a variety show. You wait at the end and to see the picture, the movies, and they just show a little short on the end of a variety but, but show. But were there, <coughs> were there feature films by this time? Or, or uh, starting still... to come along, but they weren't, even then they weren't that long. Uh, I mean, Chaplin came in, you know, around those sort of times, he started coming in. Most of his films early ones were quite short really um i don't know 10 minutes something like that one mm. of the problems initially uh was that uh, the lamp itself was an arc lamp and um the machines were were, were fitted with a thousand foot spools which would only run for 10 minutes uh, a quarter of an hour at silent speed i think that's right is it 20 minutes or maybe is it 20 minutes i can't remember for silent because i'm thinking of that sound speed now uh, i think it was about 20 minutes it's wasn't it a uh, pardon? It's a foot a second. Foot a second, yeah. So I think it's about around about twenty minutes. So that was the maximum, hmm. unless you had two machines to do a changeover. And I'm not sure when they, they, you know, that came later with the, doing two machines a changeover. So most of the films were were, were most twenty minutes long, hmm. uh, if that. And the Chaplin ones, the shorts, you know, that, that he made were quite short to start with. And then uh, later on, he started making features slightly longer. Yeah. Um, they improved the uh, arc lights on the back as well because they, again, they would only burn for a short period and you had to adjust the, the rods to run out, you see. Mm. So you had to stop and adjust the rods. So, uh, but they improved those so that uh, they would run for at least 20 minutes. And then, of course, they had two machines and you should change from one machine to the other, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, uh, to run a feature. Uh, but that came later. Uh, basically, they were all, um, the films were on one sport in their entirety and just ran it through.
It's the Pathé machine, made in France. Uh, it's made for the domestic market. It's a 35mm hand-cranked projector. It has a, a Maltese cross. It's an open cross, that is to say it's not in a bath of oil, which um, later they did, so it's rather noisy. It has a front shutter. It is basically a single, single blade with two very small blades, uh, which drops the flicker rate down a little bit but there is a bit of flicker on the screen because of it but uh, if you have um, a three-bladed shutter uh, like the professional uh, machines then you lose a lot of light and um, the problem with the home market one it's got a small lamp and it's a six volt 30 watt lamp so you need all the light you can get so that's the reason for that type of shutter um, it's very substantially made it must have been quite expensive it's at 1914 around about that um, time and as I said it would be sold to the domestic market for people showing possibly uh, their films if they were able to take on 35 or they could buy films at that time um, to, to uh, project in the home for home entertainment. This is a Krupp Erneman uh, machine, 35mm, made in Germany, and uh, it shows how robust the machines became in the 1920s in particular, when uh, they had permanent machines in the cinema, well built, enabling it to run for continually uh, long periods, and not wearing out. Um, and eventually, of course, they went on to, to sound. But this is a silent machine, built in. This is a silent machine of a, 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 we think about 1914. They made the same design with just a few modifications over a period of time. And it has a Maltese cross, doesn't it? Yes, it has a Maltese cross uh, movement. And it's certainly a lot, a lot more it, heavily yeah. built than the yes. ones we've been looking at before. As different from the others that we, but we've demonstrated, this one has uh, the cross in a bath of oil, which was right. the thing to do then and that that became the standard uh, oil bath crosses which went on and on giving it trouble. I mean it's a completely different I mean it's so meaty and heavy yes. isn't it and solid industrial yes. it piece, has an, so. a fire shutter on it as well 
which I had to actually rebuild. But I mean, it has a centrifugal fire shot. Was so fire a risk in uh, in those? Oh yeah, because of because of nitrate. So that um, until it was up to speed, the light uh, the, the fire gate opened and allowed the light to come through onto the film. As soon as you drop the speed, it was shut it. And um, quite often, they, this one's metal because I had to um, rebuild it. But uh, quite often, they had an asbestos um, sheet on the back. Okay. So uh, so you couldn't burn the film. Supposedly, so as soon as, you, as soon as you stopped, it would shut the light down. Right, right. Okay. The, heat, the heat from the arc lamp would set the film afire. Otherwise, I mean, it would burn ordinary um, safety film, just burn a hole in it. But with nitrate, it would catch fire. Right. <laughs> and All right. Well, let's let's hear what it sounds like. <laughs> 